Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Empty Stands podcast. I'm Ebuka, and I'll be handling the review segment with Ohiz, and Reward will come in later on the show to talk about FPL tips for game week 27. Ohiz, no excitement. What's going on? Guys, I lost over the weekend now. What am I to be happy about? Even if I know it's Man City, but I was exercising my right to dream, at least that I could get a draw or something, man. The, the funny thing is, West Ham are still very much in that top four race. And I would not have expected, I don't think anyone called this at the start of the season. So forget about the loss to Man City. I think everyone is losing to City at this point. So it doesn't change anything. You should still be feeling fortunate that your team is very much in that top four race. Um, it's, it's a bit of bittersweet. So let me explain. Mm. The business end of the season, I have Arsenal, Leicester, Wolves, and United. My next four. Okay, plus wow. Leeds, my next five. I'm not counting Leeds as an automatic win, but I don't really count Leeds as a big game because I've noticed that to beat Leeds, you just need to have a game plan. I've seen it with Brighton. I've seen it with Spurs. And I've seen it when we played the reverse fixture at Elland Road where we scored both goals by set pieces. But why I'm not very happy is Leicester is out of Europa. They are fighting for top four. Mm. By the time we play United, they would have played the first leg of their, of their um, Europa League tie with Milan. I don't know how that game will go. So we're playing against two sides that have something to prove. Leicester missed out on top four last season. They'll be out for blood this season. Manchester United, they know that the title is almost out of reach. Still within reach mathematically. But... They have Europa League commitment as well as FA Cup. So I don't really like playing those type of people in my next five. Wolves and um, Leeds, they are not walkover games. Arsenal is not also walkover, but those are like winnable games. So I'm looking at points at the, on the board. I'm seeing that as of today was sixth. But in my next five, the only game I can see us winning is Leeds United. So that's why I'm not really happy. It's going to be a very long six um, next five games for West Ham. I'm that guy that always gives City the benefit of doubt. It was their, the, the season after their 100-point season, when they lost Newcastle in January, late January, they lost against Newcastle United. I mentioned that City wasn't finished, that the, the, the title race is still on. That was their 98-point season. And everyone was looking at me like, what are you saying? You know, he's on Twitter, on Snap, everywhere. They were like, ah, but you are not even a Pep fan. How come? He said, because they have the quality. I believe that football is about players as well as coaches. Pep is a top coach. He has this quality of players. He has done it with Barcelona and Bayern Munich. So because someone doesn't start well, doesn't mean the team won't end well. That's the difference between a Pep and an Ole. That's the difference between a Thomas Tuchel and a Frank Lampard. Like, the experience always gives you the edge because the Premiership is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's 38 games. So you have to know that, okay, today I'll start Maris. Tomorrow I'll bench him. I'll play Bernardo in the right wing. Upper week, 
I will play Bernardo in right center mid. I'll play Ferran Torres because I did not see Aguero and Ferran Torres playing against West Ham, to be very honest. Mm -hmm. West Ham planned for everything in that game except two center back scoring. So I'm really impressed with City because they have the element of surprise. They have people that have the sort of X factor, even with injuries, COVID, and the different things that City have been through, which we seem to have forgotten because of their 20 game winning streak. They are still performing at a very, very top level. Before um, I hand the mic back to you, Obuka, I just want to tell you that the scenario that happened or the scenario that occurred midweek when um, they played Wolves was that scenario about in FIFA when you're relaxing your back on a chair and you just start slouching and try and kill the game. Against Wolves, I was like, maybe, maybe this is the game City will draw. Maybe this is the game they will lose. But they just switched to another game. It was like Formula One. It was like Lewis Hamilton playing um, um, racing on the track with someone in Formula Two or something. I mean, no, no. City is, they've been, they've been amazing this season. You yeah. talked about United for a bit, yeah? And it, it, it's a game that might not be as difficult as you think. Um, and that's because in recent times, United are kind of struggling to get those goals in. They played nil-nil against Chelsea, nil-nil against Crystal Palace. The defence seems to be all good at this moment. Luke Shaw is in amazing form. Um, Lindelof is also playing quite well. Harry Maguire... Uh, Wan Bissaka has always been, you know, a very good defender. So there's still that opportunity for West Ham. But then speaking about Manchester United, what do you think Ole needs to do to get his amazing attack on paper to start firing on the pitch? Okay. Um, can we stretch the Premier League to Europa League? United have not scored in their last three games. Putting that in context. They've not scored against Chelsea, Crystal Palace, and Real Sociedad. Two of those games, I'm sorry, um, one of those games was at Selhurst Park, one was at the bridge, and um, I think United played Sociedad at home, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So three different venues, the same results. So in my opinion, it's a tactical thing. You can't tell me um, Ole's men that have been firing on all cylinders have all of a sudden become very terrible. So the first person I want to speak on is Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes is not a bad player, but it seems like whenever Bruno Fernandes is marked and he doesn't have someone in form of Paul Pogba to help him out, which we saw in January against West, I'm sorry, against um, Burnley, Aston Villa and Fulham. Bruno Fernandes ghosts completely in games, especially against low and mid blocks which Palace played, and Chelsea plays sort of like a mid-block when they are not in possession. Like I said, I didn't see the Sociedad game, but I can tell you that it's a system thing. And I feel like for Ole to get his boys firing, he has to bring in what you call the element of surprise, be it an Ahmad, be it dropping a Rashford, who I've heard on... Um, several social media platforms has been struggling with a shoulder injury for the past few weeks. 
So I feel like, okay, yes, Cavani, Cavani played against Palace. He wasn't even really looking sharp. He really looked like someone that just got temporary um, permission to visit his family after just leaving the hospital. So I feel like it's something that only needs to work on in the final third and United will be fine because they have the potential, they have the quality. So it's just about, okay, if I don't start Marshall today, should I play Greenwood as my number nine? Should I play Diallo as my seven? Should I play Marshall as my 11? Rashford on the bench? Because he has games midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. And we're going into the business end of the season, like I said. United is in FA Cup, Europa League, and they are still in contention, like I said, mathematically. Yes, I know City, the gap is much, but what I always keep saying mathematically is you can never ever forget that season under Rodgers where Liverpool was leading until game week 35 and everything changed. So with 12, with 11, 12 games to go, the season can still turn around. Yes, I know City, City is really like in super form, but like I said, anything can happen. Yeah, City's form has been amazing. Like they are the team to watch in the Premier League so far, and it really seems like they are going to run away with the league. Uh, we saw them beat your team West Ham two one, and we also saw them um, victorious against Wolves four one. And I just want want to ask you is how impressed have you been with City this season? So yeah, you mentioned you mentioned um, Pep's ability to to rotate to say I'm starting Mares this week, then okay no I'm not going to play Mares next week I'm going to play Bernardo I'm going to play Aguero I'm going to play Gabriel he he has so many options he has a lot of quality players and he can make these decisions he can also set his team up properly to to get him those those uh, wins. At the beginning of the season, yes, they didn't start well, and we kind of all kept them aside and thought, oh yeah, Liverpool, let's see how well they can defend their ties. That was the focus, and then United were um, picking up steam slowly after a not-so-smooth start, so we all thought, yeah, maybe United and Liverpool will go head-to-head. They wanted that, I think we all kind of wanted that classic United-Liverpool um, battle for the title, but then Pep showed us why he is Pep, and why he is probably the best um, manager that we've seen in the in the Premier League since uh, maybe Jose Mourinho or an Alex Ferguson. But yeah, he, he, he's he's right up there with, with the very best in football history. Now, there's a team that we saw last season that um, they started well, they flattered to deceive, I can say that, because we all thought these guys were going to compete for the top four and at the point, it, it didn't feel like they were going to compete. It felt like they were nailed on to get top four. And then last game of the season, after some bad results, they played United at home, and then they didn't win. That's Leicester City. Now, Leicester City did that last season. And then this season, they started so Right now, they are, they are in, the, in, in the top four position. They're currently uh, third. But we saw them lose 3-1 to Arsenal, and then they drew 1-1 with Burnley. Uh, he's asked to ask, are we starting to see that Leicester City decline again? Um, ah, to be very honest, I have a very weird attachment for Leicester City. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fanboy. 
I just like some certain players in Leicester. So, for example, I like Vardy, I like Sanjizonda, I like Indidi, I like Telemann. Like, in every department of the Leicester team, I like at least one or two players. So, it always pains me that this is how their season always ends or always starts to, or like you said, flatters to deceive by this time of the season. So, first things first, we all know that Leicester has some very, very key injuries, but there's no team that is not affected by injuries this season. So, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. It's about Roger switching up, going to his academy, picking one or two players. But the ultimate blame I will keep giving is their recruitment. Leicester will sell Kante. They will go and buy Nampalis Mendy. They will sell Maguire. They will go and buy Wesley Fofana. They will sell Mares. They will go and buy Rashid Gazelle, Abigezal. These are decent Sorry, players. Sorry, Ohiz. Just, just yes? to call you back. Bringing up the Kante, yes. Mendy, and uh, Mares, Gazelle thing. <laughs> I remember a tweet I saw where someone said, you know, Leicester City replaced um, Kante with Mendy and Mares with Gazelle. And then put pictures of them. And they all kind of look alike, so it kind of felt like, what, 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 what was the, what, what were your scouts thinking? Were they just thinking, oh, this guy is left-footed like Mares, and they look alike, so yeah, he, he would replace Mares. Like it just felt like very stupid decisions that they were making at, at that time. To be very honest, I, I, stupid is harsh, but yeah, you can put stupid in the context of a decision. You, you don't sell players that make the league. Sorry to say, what these guys are doing is, that means if they sell in DD, they might as well go and buy Onazi or something. Like, there's something wrong with the recruitment. I remember when <laughs> last season, it was Ryan Bennett, they, um, they loaned from Wolves. After Ryan Bennett had a very horrific game against Spurs, they refused to activate his buyback clause. I think the loan deal was, if he plays five games or if he makes five starts, they will activate his, the buyback clause in his loan. And when Sport won that game, that's post-lockdown, Leicester City did not play Ryan Bennett again till the season ended. And I don't even know where that guy is today. So I'm blaming it on recruitment even before injuries because JJ, that's James Justin, is injured. Ayose Perez is injured. James Madison is injured. Javi Barnes is injured. Like, these are players that have done almost everything in their season. Thank God for players like like I said, my best Super Eagles player, Wilfredo Yeh, that can put in a shift as a DM, CM, and as a centre-back in a back three or even a back four. is still making them get some form of result. So I feel like the first thing to blame for Leicester's shortcomings is recruitment. They recruit very poorly and terribly. Then you not blame it on injuries. I don't feel Leicester have a bad squad. Players like Demaria Gray, they've left, they've gone to Bayern Leverkusen, they are not lightening up the league. I mean, you have Haaland, you have Sancho, but they are not doing as bad as they were doing when they were here. I mean, just in 2021, Mark Albrighton and Christian Fuchs is still in your team. No, no, how about all wrong now? <laughs> yeah, but you know, Albrighton is a very... Uh, well, I think He's a typical player. Yeah, I mean, the typical English player. He works hard, keeps his head down, he won't cause any trouble. Yeah. He can make that cross, yeah. Yeah, he's very good at crossing. You know, I, I always expect more from players, but 
I, I think in, in the Premier League, people value work rate a whole lot. Most everything is about, oh, this guy works hard. That's why exams start. I don't know. But let's, let's move on from, from Leicester. Um, so here's, you saw the, the Liverpool-Chelsea game where Chelsea came out 1-0 um, winners. What, the, what were your thoughts around that game? How did you feel about the results? Was it the right result that Chelsea deserved to win? And were Liverpool very poor or were Chelsea just very good? Um, so first things first, I started second half. I didn't watch first half of the game. So I missed the goal. I just saw clips. But I'm going to speak tactically, strictly tactics, about what I saw in the second half. So, um, Thomas Tuchel or Tuchel, however they pronounce the guy's name, is definitely an upgrade to Lampard. And we can see that in almost every phase of play. I'll start with defensively. If Lampard plays Rudiger, Christiansen, and Aspilicueta in a back four or in a back three, the game is already starting at the handicap. The team that they are playing against is already leading by one nil. But you've seen that Thomas Tuchel has come with a system that is working. If Zuma plays a fit, if Thiago plays a fit, if Waspi plays a fit, if Rudiger plays... I mean, there I say, if Tuchel adds me to his back three, I may keep a clean sheet. So he has improved Chelsea's defense oh dramatically. Then I want to move to the next phase. Okay, you wanted to say something? Speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that your comment on if you're in the back three, <laughs> you keep it clean? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to say, like, Rudiger and Christiansen, they look like they're already on their way out of Chelsea. And mm. I don't know, see what they are doing now. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah, you know, I, I'd always said that it was down to it was down to good coaching. It was down to the quality of the manager. Lots of Chelsea fans, um, they were against me. They kind of thought I was a hitter. But I said, I can't hit my own club, right? And Lampard is still my favorite ever Chelsea player. I, I, I still, I was still picking him even ahead of Hazard because um, I loved Lampard so much when he played for Chelsea. So it, it's, it's down to the quality of the manager. As you said, you know, Lampard playing the same exact back three is just as good as being one nil down because we would find a way to concede. Um, and and maybe as as Chelsea fans and people that are watching um, Chelsea play, we need to start adjusting uh, some of our emotions because I was very scared, especially at, at times when, you know, the, the, the back three had the ball and they were passing it amongst themselves. I was scared because, you know, it triggered my PTSD from the days of Lampard where Zoom out, somebody would just would give the ball away and then would concede. So I was like, what are these guys doing? Just just hoof it forward. But then they wanted to play. And that's because they, they have that confidence that comes with having clean sheets. They know that, oh, we, we are not as open as before. Yes, the attack needs work. It really does. But they're not as open as before. So defensively, the team is more of a unit. The team is very much confident. And even look, Ben Chilwell, came into the side against United, came in also against Liverpool, and he's showing that he can actually play that left-wing back role and give Alonso a run for his money. And yeah, it's, it's really good. The 3-4-3 is my second best formation after the 3-5-2. And I've noticed that Toko has done amazingly well with that setup. I've already spoken about the defence. I want to move to the next phase of play, which is kind of challenging for Chelsea at the moment. 
because we've seen that yes, they've been getting results, they've been keeping clean sheets, but they've not scored more than two goals in any game. For example, if Thomas Tuchel wants a Haaland, for example, he cannot get a Haaland from now till the season ends. He has to wait till the window opens. So he has to make do what he has, which is a Giroud, Tammy, or Timo. So there are two ways that teams that set up with the 3-4-3 attack, either from the wing backs to their nine or with the two people behind the nine. We've seen that Tuko has used both methods so far this season. It has worked well in some games. It has not worked well in some games. But I feel Thomas Tuko's best bet is by working with the people that play behind the nine. Because, yes, Chiwell, Alonso, Rich James, and Otinodoy, they are decent players. But the truth is, you cannot play your wing backs if it's not Giroud striking. So if he prefers Tammy and Timo to Giroud, his best way would be to play with the two people that sit in those half spaces and those pockets behind the nine, which is your Messi Mount and your ZH, your Messi Mount and your CHO when he plays there, or whoever those two people that play, whoever the people rather that play behind the nine are, which we call your left 10, your right eight, AM, whatever you want to call them. But where I feel is going to have a bit of a headache is Timo Werner's best position on that Tuchel so far is that left hand. We saw Messi Mount kill that position today in this game against Liverpool. So who is going to sort of like get the drop for um, him to play or start one of these players? So I just feel like um, it's going to be a very amazing next few weeks in the Premier League. And I would love to see how Chelsea come from behind and win a game because he's already making the team too solid. So I want to know if, okay, would they do an Atletico if they score them first and the best they can get is a draw? I don't know. There are so many exciting things I would love to see mm. with Chelsea. But about today's game, it was a very good win. We've seen that Liverpool's win against Sheffield was not really... An outstanding performance, and yeah. just want to see how where they go from here. Yeah, it's been interesting to see um, where both teams go from from that classic game at Anfield. Uh, Chelsea would need to to push on. I think um, they are almost out of out of the woods in terms of the crazy run of fixtures. I think the last one is just Everton, which is the next game, and then. Um, the coach can now start to maybe experiment because I'm pretty sure that he he had some some changes to the front three that he wanted to do. But when I play in Atletico, United, Liverpool, you don't really have that room to to experiment. You just have to play safe because you don't want to go crazy and then uh, drop points in this crazy crazy season that <laughs> you know, you don't even know where you're going to get your next three points from. Look at Liverpool. Uh, what 68 games on beating at home, and then now five, uh, four straight losses at home. It feels like everybody is everybody is just is just going going to Anfield with so much confidence, feeling like yes, we, we can actually you know pick up pick up points here. Uh, I think the the last thing for us to talk about on this segment is the relegation zone. We have Fulham, West Brom, South um, Sheffield Sheffield United currently in the bottom three and oh his i've been thinking is there anyone out of you know these guys in the bottom three that 
you feel can get out of your education zone. And if they're getting out, is there anyone above them that you think would replace them? Okay, so um, I don't know what episode, but I think it was our first five episodes where we did predictions, permutations, combinations, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I told you that I'm a strong believer of Scott Parker. And which, with every game, Scott Parker keeps selling me dreams. So to answer your question, I think Fulham can get out, but they will need a bit of luck. Mathematically, Fulham need four wins to stay up. I don't think Fulham can get four wins from now to the end of the season. Four wins means they need to win every, like they need to win one in three. What are the odds now? Like how can Fulham win one in three? That's, that's almost impossible. So they will need help from Newcastle, Brighton, Burnley, and I dare say Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is that team that they will draw a United, they will lose to a Leeds. They will win West Ham. They will draw a Liverpool. Like they are very, they are, they are, they are consistently inconsistent. Let me just put it like that. Especially with Zaha's injury and the fact that Eze can't really um, own that team, or I would say he can't carry the team. It looks like Crystal Palace can win today, draw tomorrow, lose the next. So basically, Fulham can only stay up if other teams drop points. Fulham can't do a miracle by having a run of games. The reason why I'm saying this is they are defensively sound, but who can score? At the beginning of the season, I said Mitrovic would be that guy. But this season is looking like it's Lukman. Lukman, Maja, um, Ivan Cavallero, none of them are on double digits. So I'm still cracking my head. Where are the goals going to come for Fulham? Where are they going to come? At, at, um, during the winter period, it was this guy, this guy, um, former Cardiff guy, Bobby Reed, Bobby Decova Reed. It's like the guy's jazz has finished. He's on five. Lukman is on four. Yeah, Caballero is on three. Sorry? Yeah, Deco. Yeah. Caballero is on three. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. Is it Decodovarid or something? Bobby Decodovarid. I know it's yeah. Jamaican. It's maybe Shafoni. But he yeah, after Joshua, um, after Caballero on three goals, you have Olai no, Mitrovic and Maja on two. And that's all. So Fulham don't score enough goals, but funny enough, they have a decently high amount of clean sheets for a bottom six side. So I feel like they can leverage on that. If they make themselves hard to beat, which Scott Parker has been doing since that 1-1 draw against Spurs early this year or late last year. I can't remember when they played um, I can't remember when they played Spurs first leg. But since that game against Spurs, actually the second half, they've been that hard to beat team. Okay, it was January. I just checked. It was January, late January. Um, when they be, when they played sports, that one one that Cavalieri equalized after that fantastic Revillian Kane goal. So Fulham is the team is my pick, but I cannot tell you a team that will go down Ebuka. All I can tell you is their goal difference is good. It's better than Newcastle zone. Yeah, better than Newcastle. It's, yeah, it's better than Newcastle zone. It's not far off from um, Brighton zone. It's not far off from Southampton zone, but I think Southampton is safe. 
think Southampton is safe. Wolves is safe. Crystal Palace is going to end up in the bottom six. I know it sounds crazy, but Crystal Palace is finishing this season in the bottom six. That's why I said that they are going to need help from Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton, and Crystal Palace dropping points. I think out of all the teams in, in that mix, if Fulham were to survive, because yes, I, I would, I have to admit, I've been really impressed. Um, if Fulham were to survive, I'm hoping that it's it's in Newcastle. Uh, I I have a soft spot for Sean Dyche and, and Burnley, and also I really like the way Brighton play. So if anybody was to swap with Fulham, I would prefer that that it would be it would be Newcastle. So yeah, that's it for this segment. Um, we saw Liverpool lose. I said fourth earlier, but actually the fifth. Um, straight game at Anfield and Liverpool have lost thanks to Chelsea and Mason Mount. So uh, now we're just going to hand over to Reward, and the, who, who is leading the FPL segment so that we can all get our teams ready for game week 27. Hey guys, I'm Reward and I have two great guys. Um, both are founding members of two prestigious FPL groups here in Niger. Um, so we have Damola from the Fan Footy Fantasy League. How's it going, Damola? Hi, Ward. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing, bro? I'm all right. And we also have Ubo from the Galacticos FPL League. What's up, bro? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much, Ward. Uh, great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you guys here. Um, so before we get into the nitty-gritty of um, of the show, how did Double Game Week 26 um, go? So we are recording this just as soon as the Chelsea-Liverpool game ended. So I don't know if you've been able to check your scores. Um, how did you go for you, Damala? Yeah, so I've actually not looked at my team just yet. But um, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I've obviously listened in a few times before, and it's always nice to hear other knowledgeable perspectives on the beautiful game. So hopefully, I can add some value uh, with my own perspective as well. Well, for what I'm doing right now with my team, I currently have 67 points. I think they're going to bring in one of the guys on my bench. So I'll probably finish with about 72 to 75 in case of any bonus. But uh, yeah, personally, it's been an average game week for me. And I probably would quickly like to forget it if I can. Um, I finally used my second wild card, <laughs> <laughs> which I was saving for a very wow. nice game week. And obviously, what better game week than a game week where we have 14 of the teams playing twice? Double game. Yeah, so let's just say I wasn't satisfied with that. Yeah. Um, I had Vardy and this year up front. And obviously, you expect Vardy to throw a party against Arsenal. The lad has scored over scored 12 Premier League goals against us in the past. And I was just expecting more from both him and DCL. They both blanked for me. So, yeah, um, I feel like um, I also tried to pull a differential this week. And whew, I, was very, I was humbled by that one. I brought in Zinchenko. And it was a very annoying one because I was kind wow. of... <laughs> I was conflicted <laughs> between him and... Um, him and Stones, right? And like, I was like, you know what? Everybody's probably gonna have Stones in their team, so let me just bring in Zinchenko, and that that did not go well. Obviously, Zinchenko gave me two points. He only played the first game, and Stones finished with ten points. So, 
I should have just gone for the guy. It's, it's in much better form and it's quite it's cheaper. So yeah, I'd very much like to forget about the game week. And let's not forget um, Harvey Barnes. That injury, man. Um, oh, God. That injury. Like, <laughs> and you know the funny thing? I had him on my team before the double game week, but I was like, this guy, you can't keep him out right now. And I had to put him in, in my card as well. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling the same way I'm feeling right now. So, but I'm, I'm feeling good. I still have a couple of chips. So, looking forward to the rest of the season. Thanks. Nice one. Ugochiko, how about you? How did you go? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm still laughing about my own problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I scored 87 this game week. And, um, of course, a week dominated by um, players selected by less than five percent of FPL players um, worldwide. I think um, it was only Son that made it to the king of uh, the weak team. It was, it was actually played my triple captain this week. Uh, and, and of course, it was on a differential, uh, uh, Watkins. And of course, you know what the result uh, was. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as expected. I, 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 I did not envisage that Grealish would not be playing both games. I actually thought he was going to, you know, um, recover quick enough for the double game week. And, of course, we know how it is playing without um, Grealish for Aston Villa. Uh, I was also uh, messed up by, by Pep. Of course, I had two Man City players uh, who didn't play the first game, Sterling and stones and essentially this week wasn't a very good week i i i felt i was going to be able to do by 100 but i i'm hopeful that i'll do much better in coming game weeks and um of course like <laughs> like damala said it's it's a week that i really want to forget okay. you know very, very quickly fast, and, very very fast you know very fast but it's 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 been same story this season. You know, everyone expected that this double game week, the biggest in the history of FPL, was going to be you know, um, 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 a time for people to score up to two hundred points. But of course, <laughs> double game week, double game weeks this season have been have been disappointing, and I, I'm not sure I want to play any chip again in any of the uh, double game weeks coming. <laughs> <laughs> this common saying that double game week is a scam, and I, I think I, I truly believe it. Um, I'm feeling I agree my, now. I played my bench because they couldn't even give me points. Just, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but I managed to score 99. I just fell one shot of 100. Um, 99. Wow. No thank you. Wow. You can't I played my bench post anyway, so but no thanks to Bruno and his captaincy fail. I wish I had captain son instead, but anyways, we move. <laughs> okay. Speaking yeah. Speaking about yeah. Um, you guys still have chips available. I know Damala mentioned he had. Um, so if you have um your chips available, what's your strategy going forward? And if you don't have any chips um available, were they worth it when you play them? I'll start with you, Damala. Yeah, so like I mentioned, my season has basically been average. <laughs> so I've kind of, I've tried to be patient and strategic with the timing of my remaining chips. So hopefully they have the desired impact and I can find my way into the top 10 of my middle league before the end of the season. 
But yeah, um, Savoli is my two wild cards so far. And I still have a free hit, a bench boost, and a triple captain chip. So even that, ah, but hopefully they don't do me the wild card has just um, done me. So I'm not quite sure when I'm going to use the bench boost. So I think I'll just leave that one out for now. But for the free hits, I think the ideal choice would be the blank double game with 29. Sorry, the blank game with 29. For those that have already yeah, yeah. you get yeah. So if you've already used your free hits, I really wonder what you're going to do at that point. <laughs> but I know there's yeah. some, <laughs> some OGs would have already been seeing that game week since and they would have strategically exactly. <laughs> transfers to ensure that there's no scam or they wouldn't have to take too many hits in that game week. Yeah, so, and then for the triple captain, I'm going to be daring, right? And I'm going to challenge the Pep Roulettes with a City player in double game week 27. So, City have two home games. They have one against United and Southampton, so... United game can go anyway, but there's also a high chance that it can be a very high-scoring game. So I think, and we know that Southampton will most likely get the work from Man City. So I have this, I have this daring feeling that let me try Pep, let me try and challenge the Pepperlets. And if I have to obviously back someone specific, I think it would have to be a midfielder. So that would be between, if you don't count the last ten game weeks, I would have said Sterling or KDB. But now with the way things are going. And the way Gondo has performed this season, unbelievable um, last couple of game weeks. I think I would have to say between KDB or Gondogan for me. And KDB is a standard choice, but we're going to have been playing. I'm still not sure. So I'm not really worried about the whole pep tinkering and like if both players will play both games. The way I see it, um, I'm confident that they will get sufficient game time over the two games to justify a triple captain choice. So yeah, it has to be KDB or Gundogan for me for the triple captain. All right, Togochiko, how about you? You still have your chips left? Yes, I still have. I still have my second wild card. I also have my bench boost. Um, I've always had the mindset that uh, the best time to play a chip is during the double game week, but I I don't know about that anymore with what we've seen so far. But in any case. I usually play my bench boost a week after playing my wild card. I don't see that happening in game week um, 29. It will be much later um, in the season, close to the end as a joker. But 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 if you ask me, I would say um, I would I'd rather have uh, played my wild card before now because it looks as if. I've had to incur costs just to, you know, meet up and all that. I could as well change my mind before uh, game week 29 just to fill in for the blank game week. But for now, uh, what I have in mind is to just look for a way, incur one or two costs, have some players not playing, you know, try as much as I can to bring in sports um, uh, players. But my bench boost wildcard should come much later in the, in the season. And of course, I would, you know, ensure that I load my team with uh, players that 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 are sure to play. Um, I won't be surprised if I don't have any city assets or say maybe really? have Diaz because I wouldn't want to be shocked. Yes, I wouldn't want to be shocked by by <laughs> by by Guardiola anymore. Uh, it looks like the only sure player in that team right now or players are Diaz and and um, and the goalkeeper. So I, I may just have to, you know you know, play safe with them, but much later in the in the season, bench boost, wild card. 
right. And so like um, everybody else complained, I was also one of the people who, I think about 1 million plus people who brought in happy pants this game week. And it was even sad. I even brought him in for a hit, only for him to just get injured and return one very hot point for me. Um, so who do you think are the best replacements for Javi Banks? I'll start with you, Damala. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Ah, to take a hit for that, man. Uh, I, I feel... man it, was, it was just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> like you said, over 1 million managers. So Javi getting injured, that was just a huge blow for a lot of managers who brought him in this game week. Um, and I feel like um, I, I'm feeling for the lad because it's, I think he's out for about five, six weeks. And he's been very consistent this season. And this injury is quite unfortunate for them because I felt he was a key component in their chase for the top four. So, yeah, for replacements, for Barnes. So, Barnes, I think, is currently valued at about $6.9 So, And I don't think there are a lot of great prospects at that price tag for straight swaps. So for me, I think if you have a bit of wiggle room, a bit above that price or below that price, there are, there are some decent choices. So if you look a bit above, I would say guys like Dele Ali, I think is currently valued at about 7.4. It looks like he's now going to feature in the team towards the end of the season. And with the North London Derby coming up, as well as um, the Villa game in Game Week 28 and Game Week 29, I feel Ali, is, if given the chance, I think he can actually deliver in those games. And then if you look around Bryce, um, Barnes' price tag specifically, I think you look at guys like, look at Mount just now from the game they just finished. Mount just like won the game um, with bonus points as well. So Mount or Sigurdsson for me at that price tag. But if I actually had to pick someone, I think I'll pick Sigurdsson right now. I think he's in good form and he's also on penalties for Everton. So I think he's a better choice. And then if you go below um, that price, maybe around 6.5 to 6 million, think if you don't have Gundogan in your team at this point, uh, I don't really know what you're on because he's still valued at 6.2 and he's basically been the best value for money all season. So not having him is just ridiculous at this point. So if you don't have him, you already know what you need to do. And then I think another good choice, someone that is not piquing my interest is Tillemans. So yeah, with Madison and Barnes out now, I feel he could step up like for the team over the next couple of games with a few goals and assists. And then obviously you can always never leave out Phil Foden, but when he plays, he can always deliver a double-digit performance, but you're just not sure when he's actually going to play with the purple let So yeah, okay. those are the replacement yeah. choices for me. All right, interesting. Go, do, you, do you share same sentiment? Uh, well, I, I do, I do, I do, I do, but I would also look in the direction of uh, Rafinha, if you don't have him already. Rafinha is doing um, mm. exploits at the moment. It looks like yeah. um, all of Leeds' um, um, attack right now goes through him. So I'd, I'd really yeah, look bro. at him, Rafinha. Yes. And uh, I also look at uh, this young man from Wolves, Neto. Neto looks looks like he has a lot of fire in his, in his uh, loins right now. So I look in that direction. Tillemans, like Damola said, is also a good option, particularly as Madison isn't still uh, match fit or still injured. So essentially, for me, those guys, um, uh, Neto, Rafinha, Tillemans, and then Saka, Saka of us now, uh, he's priced at 5.2 at the moment. Uh, look in his direction, especially because Arsenal you know, uh, it's one of the teams that will be playing in the blank game week. Yes. So, 
Saka is 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 an option to be looked at. Interesting. I'm surprised when you mentioned Lingard. Do you have any reservations against him? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, none, of, none of you guys are United fans now, so why do you hate? I think I think I think he is. I think he is. Uh, but their fixtures. If I look at their fixtures to come, I think they have a big team to play, right? Or they already played City. But Lingard, Lingard, yeah, Lingard is always an option since he, you know. Um, Signed on loan for West Ham, he's been doing a lot. Okay, yeah, Lingard, Lingard has Leeds next. Has man, okay, he won't be playing mm. against Man New and then Arsenal, um, right? and then, then Arsenal. So I, would, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't look his way. So he has yeah. Leeds, he has um, Man U, which is not going to play, um, Arsenal, uh, Wolves, and then Leicester. No, I'm, I'm not going to look. Yeah, at I don't right think, now. I don't think his games are favorable right, right now. No, so West Ham have shown. Anyway, West, West Ham have shown that a good, um, a good pick this season. And, but definitely, yes, and they scored in almost all of their games, regardless yeah, of whether he, they are playing the, exactly. the, you know, a big yeah. team. Yeah, and Lingard has 16. scored almost. I think he's he's only one game since he uh, switched over to West Ham that he hasn't scored or assisted. But let's see how it goes. Um, I decided to go for. I think I'll go for. Unlikely point of getting Jack Grealish back. I have a feeling he'll be mm. back for the next game, so I think I'll just go with Grealish, just because they have um, an extra game in hand. So I just feel to double up on the Villa assets so that I'm covered in that aspect. But it's a gamble. But <laughs> anyways, that's I think, all the games. I think, I think. I think. I think for me, I'd rather go with Charlie. Uh, yeah, Link, uh, yeah, Grealish is going to be back. Looks like he'll be back, but will he be match fit? You know, reward the same. Uh, reward the same. You've actually backed Villa a couple of times this season. If I, if I notice your team, you've had a lot of confidence. In yeah, funny enough, I've had, I've had three Villa assets for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I sold Grealish because of the injury. I really, I really didn't want to sell him, but I've kept them this long, and I, I feel just because of blank game week and the extra game week they have, I just feel I need them. That's yeah, why yeah, I'm yeah. Doing that. yeah it's that definitely choice. a good choice. It's a good choice. Yeah, he will always be a good choice. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sad really that I, I just got into the um, Villa, you know. <laughs> um, Jamboree as it were. I just signed I mean, in, uh, Martinez. I'm telling you, I've had Martinez since week one. <laughs> I only got him about four I've, weeks ago, and I'm just like, I just got him. I've had him since week one, and that guy's never leaving my team. <laughs> he's 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 hurt me, and he's not he's not going to leave. He's he's never going to leave my he's team. Not leaving again. No. no, no. <laughs> So speaking about Arsenal, um, do you feel their their players are worth a point now? Um, maybe Abomayang, Saka, I don't know who else, but I just have a feeling that Ateta um, is trying to prioritize Europa League. So I'm not so sure about Arsenal players. What do you think, Hugo? Well, for me, I think um, Arsenal. Yes, considering that they have a game to play in the blank game week, I would. I would 
always go for Saka. Abumayang right now um, has not really been informed and he could as well be rested for that game. But uh, Saka is always an option you need to look at. And I think William, William, William looks like he's back. <laughs> what? Back from where? <laughs> don't sleep, don't sleep on William, that one. William, from where, William, 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 William should go into that game with a lot of confidence. But for me, a, a, a ready choice would be Saka. Uh, I would have said Lacazette, but of course we know that his place in the team is, is, is not sure. Um, Saka Lacazette would be for me. Saka's place because he got benched the last game. We can nobody saw that come, which was very surprising. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I just feel Atleta is trying to prioritize the Europa League, so he may he might rotate a few players, and I'm not sure I want to get into into that. Hmm. But as an Arsenal fan, I would have to agree with Ugo. I think um, it has to be Oba is definitely not the go-to choice because. Ever since he got the new bumper contract, I don't know why he's acting like a 23-year-old um, young footballer that just is getting excited about the contract. So I'm quite surprised that the output he has produced since that time. So I think I'm even more comfortable. Has been abysmal. Do you mm. understand? So I think I'm even more comfortable yeah. with up front right now because I don't know. You just feel like there's more ginger about him going up front. So I think it's for him. The issue with him is game time. So if you have to pick one Arsenal assets. They obviously have to be Saka, awesome value player. Yeah. He's basically the missing grid of this season. He's, he's a budget player. And yeah. he's probably the first. <laughs> he's done better. Oh, he's, he's done, done better. better. You understand? <laughs> I don't say that. Man, you fans, so please. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Gareth Bale is back. Um, or kind of, he started um, two consecutive games and he did very well in the first game. In fact, he blew us away. Do you think he's worth a punt? Kamala, what do you think? Yeah, um, for Bale, I think he's clearly getting some game time now and I think he's contributed two goals and two assists maybe in his last three games. So, for me, he's, he's in form, but the issue with Bale is his value. 9.3. I think that's what he's currently valued at. And with Son at 9.5, I think I would rather have Son in my team any day, and I wouldn't have both. Because if I have to go for two players from Spurs, it will have to be Kane and Son. They are the blue chip players. There's no need to start trying to risk Bill at that price. If Bill was much cheaper, then yeah, it would be a choice. But you never know. If Kane or Son okay. is injured, then I think we would have a different conversation around if Bill can come in. Sure. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, I don't even know what to say about him. Um, there used to be the saying when in doubt, always cap- Captain Salah. But I guess this season, at uh, last, it became Bruno. But of late, he and Salah just <laughs> they've just been shambolic. Um, so what are your 20 give me 27 plans for Bruno going forward? Because I know his fixtures are not exactly um, the best. He's facing Man City next, and we know that United have been terrible against the top six this season. So, uh, is Bruno a sell now, or do we bench him, or do we keep him? What do you think, Google? I would say sell, 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 sell Bruno now. And <laughs> wow. that's, yes, yes, yes. I know he's he's been almost, or would I say the best player so far, FPL-wise this season, right? Yes. But we know he's at, uh, we know his antecedents against um, big teams, Um he hasn't scored any goal, or rather, he scored against Spurs in the first leg, and that has just been it. So facing Man City, 
and then West Ham, and then having a blank game week, I would say sell Bruno now. It's time to sell him. You can as well bring him back for the Brighton game in um, game week 30. But for now, sell Bruno. And I would, I would look in the direction of Bill. I would look in the direction of Bill. Um, he's 9.3 or so. Bruno is around 11.6 right now. And if you've watched sports games, uh, the last three games, you'd know that um, Bill is, is, is very key to the attack right now. And, you know, I would, I would triple up on Spurs um, uh, forward right now. Kane, Son, Bill. Mm. For me, I think that's, that's very expensive. <laughs> putting all your eggs in one basket. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I, Marino I, plays right. <laughs> Funny enough, I don't think the opposite. I just feel like Bruno has just been the player of the season. So if he's available and they have a fixture, Bruno has to be my team. But obviously, take him out for the um, game with twenty nine if you have your free hits and then bring him back in again. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so now we are my favorite part of the show: captaincy picks. Um, who are you captaining this game week twenty seven? Damola, start with you. Who's yeah. your captain? I know you mentioned Gundogan. Well, I'm doing the triple captain most likely for this game. Week. Uh, I'm most likely okay. for Gundogan or KDB as captain. Interesting. How about you, Go? Okay. If I had Diaz and if I still had my triple captain on, I'll play it on him. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's my just like risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the thing no, is, but... you know, um, Sterling has not been in form, right? Okay, yeah. KDB is is off and on. Yes, you see, you know, flashes of what you know he he uh, we've always known him to be, but he's he's really not there yet, right? He's not back yet. So for me, I would say if you have Ederson, if you have Diaz, I see City keeping a clean sheet in one at least one of the two games against Man U. Or against Southampton, or or and and rather against Southampton. Southampton. So you could be looking at having, um, say, around sixteen points if you have Diaz. That's what I think, really. Mm. <laughs> it's risky, but I mean, it's what it is. Yeah. So go. You were saying about your captaincy. Yes, I said if I had Diaz, but I don't have Diaz, so. Um, I'll look in the direction of I, I wouldn't want to do stones because stones may not play both games, right? Um, I'll look in the direction of Salah. Yes, Salah has not what? been in form. Yes, he hasn't Salah. been in form, and he's playing Fulham, <laughs> and he's playing Fulham. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll look in his direction really because I think the young man should be very angry going into. Uh, the full hang game. If you if you noticed, he was very angry when he was substituted uh, this evening. So, um, my options will either. be <laughs> my <laughs> options will be between uh, Stones and Salah. Since I don't have Diaz, but if I had Diaz, it would be it would be it would be it would be Diaz. Hmm, interesting. Um, so I have Gondolan, and of course he's he has a double game, so. Obvious choice is going to happen. Um, but if I want to feel, yeah, 
I've had that guy for I think like six game weeks now, and he's been he's been amazing. Um, I think aside um, since game week twenty two, um, after Bruno, he's the highest for FPL points on forty five. Bruno has forty eight, and right next to Gundogan, guess who it is? Jesse Lingard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very interesting start to get dropped. So if I want to feel a bit risky, I might go for Lingard because West Ham play Leeds. And we know Leeds. Um, they are so unpredictable and there's any tendency for it to be a goal first. And I feel um, West Ham can be up for it. So if I want to feel a bit risky and go for the differential, maybe, maybe I'll go for Lingard. But I think Gundogan for now. Right. Uh, okay, guys. So we've uh, come to the end of the show. Yeah, it's, it was a pretty short one, but I'm sure we had fun. Um, thank you, guys, once again. It was fun. Let's do this again sometime. For our listeners, do remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on any platform you use. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Empty Stands and send in your questions with your team sheets, uh, screenshots of your teams and. If you have any questions for us, we'll gladly, gladly take them. Um, so here's wishing you all a smashing game week 27. Cheers, guys.